Bush and Richie here with your daily takeaway. Got a hell of a show for you just around this corner. But before we get to it, though, as will be immediately apparent, uh, we are doing the show uh, tonight from home because of the rail strike, which means Richie and I get to have a little insight back into the normal house routine that we're not normally here for. And I've just seen, uh, obviously, at the start of the show, Katie, my other half, get back with the two girls, Thea and Stella, from the school run. And during the school run, the heavens absolutely opened. And it tipped oh. down, so horrendous, like torrential rain. But do you know what? Stella was fast asleep because she was in a little buggy with a plastic rain cover over her. And, you know, it takes me back to, like, you don't get that anymore now as an adult, do you? You know, that kind of pitter-patter of rain on something when you're in a buggy. It looks so comfortable. And it's such a shame that you get to a certain age, you can't go in a buggy anymore. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 would, I would love to be... <laughs> wheeled around pushed around wouldn't it <laughs> it'd be fantastic although I've always found with like kids when they are in the buggies like that and they've got their rain cover up when it starts to really rain and then they're awake it, it suddenly gets all condensation-y and steaming up and they can't clear it but I, I think that would that would make me a little bit anxious so I wouldn't like not being able to see out yeah it would be like that movie The Abyss do you know what I mean suddenly it turns a little bit but yeah. All in all, it's just a shame that you can't be pushed around with a rain cover anymore. For some reasons, a grown up is just not on. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Uh, we're doing the show from our respective bedrooms today because obviously there's a rail strike on and that kind of thing. But you know what? I'm kind of glad that I'm here because it's been a big day here for the Bush household here in Leon C. Uh, as today we had the inaugural use of what I'm describing as my VIP wheelie bin. Whoa. It's a special glimmering green wheelie bin that's been standing to attention like a saluting plastic soldier out the front of our house. Uh, I got it a couple of months ago, but I'll be honest with you, because of my bad back and sciatica and the fact that I'm generally falling apart, I haven't really done any gardening up until this point. But uh, I did some at the weekend, and it's full of, like, grass cuttings and all that kind of thing. And the bin men this morning have come and emptied it. I'm obviously on some kind of guest list, again referring back to the VIP uh, thing from earlier on. And uh, it's it's gone. I've just wheeled it back into the uh, into the back garden. It did the job perfectly. And I, I'm I, I don't know for sure, but I'm presuming I'm the talk of the neighbours here right now because I've got a VIP wheelie bin. It's it's a special feeling, isn't it, being on that that VIP guest list? And it's it's always awkward when you see those who get turned away by the bouncers. In this particular case, the bin men themselves. My neighbour put his out bush didn't get taken, whereas mine did. And it's because, like yourself, I'm on that VIP list. You're not on the list. It's not getting taken away. Uh, Graham Bandiera on Twitter has described me as a bimfluencer. I wouldn't go that far because I'm always late with everything. <laughs> if you are part of the VIP, the elite bin club, in that your name is on a list and the bin men know who you are, get in touch with us tonight. Lewis says, I don't think I've ever seen a brand new wheelie bin. I'm very jealous. All the locals will be saying, oh, someone's doing well. Uh, I, I have to say, uh, uh, Bush, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit with Lewis on this one because I too, like I said, I'm, I'm on a VIP garden waste bin list. It's a great feeling. But the thing that I'm jealous about is the fact that my garden waste bin, I inherited when I moved in here, it's got graffiti all over it. It looks absolutely awful. I'd love to have a new one when I moved in. It's an amazing new bin. We had it delivered um, about a month or so back. And I I actually think there's a new bin smell. You know, you've got a new car smell. I think think there's a new bin smell, and it's definitely got that. Although Tony has tweeted to say, our green bins are all green, Bush, not 
grey body and green lid. Is your wheelie bin a ringer? And a couple of people have been uh, <laughs> suggesting on Twitter that it's a cut and shut. Have a little look online now at Absolute Radio if you follow us on Twitter. That is not a cut and shut bin, mate. <laughs> P. Dizzle says, hold my beer. We've got a brown, grey, blue, green and another little brown bin here in Fife. It's all right for some. Uh, Justine's got a very important question that she's uh, uh, hanging on to ask. Justine, far away. I want to know if he's got a Dave Berry bin sticker on it. Surely it's a perk of the job. Do you know what? That is a very, very good point. It's a shiny brand new bin. I, I presumed, I just presumed I'd be contacted by one of Dave's team pronto. But uh, as yet, there's been no offer of a, of a sticker. Shocking. Isn't it? I think Justine has a really good point as well, Bush, when you also consider that it is only really a week previous that you looked after the breakfast show for Dave so he could go on holiday. I would have thought, uh, you know, some kind of recompense with one of his his fancy bin stickers would be a good idea. Do you know what I mean? We always give Dave and the team early steer on when we're enacting the big coat protocol. We always make sure they're prepared. But it seems that, you know, the kind of goodwill doesn't go the other way. Are you stirring, Justine? Is that what you're doing, phoning in to stir between shows? I seem to be. I seem to be. It was unintentional. Perhaps he's just a reminder that there's no I in team and he needs to uh, say a bit better. Absolutely. We will pass that on to him. Pass that on to Dave right now. Excellent. Asking you the question this evening, are you in the VIP bin club? We've got a brand new bin that uh, you put garden waste in. I must be on some kind of list because the bin men know to take it away. I'm essentially a VIP. Although it can kind of cross the line. Kevin uh, says, in Glasgow, we have green bin, general waste, blue bin, recycling, brown bin, garden waste, purple bin, glass. That's actually doing my head in even looking at it. It's so confusing. It's stressful. Like a, a rainbow of bins outside at the end of the driveway. It's a bin rainbow. Uh, Phil is hanging on with a tip. What you got for Bush, Phil? What you got to do is, right? I always give, I always give him a tip all the time. Um, even if I put stuff out that shouldn't be taken, I go yeah, and I give them like a fiver, and they take it. And when right. it's really hot, like in the summer, I always go out and say, if I see them, I say, how many is there of you? They go three. Wait, what? Three co- cokes? Oh no, yes please. So I always give them three cold cokes. Wow. And <laughs> and they always went it right the way back down the driveway to where it was, right outside the house. And all the neighbours looked over and go, on, you're a VIP, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, they went, and, they just, and they just throw theirs back on the pavement and walk off. And and even if like the the, the um, recycling men was on strike, they just took it and put it in the bin. And I went, oh, you know, if I stood out, they went, oh, don't worry, you always give us a tip. I think, I think there's something in this whole tipping business. I wonder, yeah. it will, like, go back to yesterday's show, I wonder what a Freddo would get us, Bush. Yeah, get a Freddo would be anything. I never asked them to wheel it back down. They just started, I said, oh, don't have to do that. They went, no, 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 when it was raining, I went to go and get it. They went, no, no, don't come out, we'll wheel it back down. I went, no, oh, thanks, lads. Do you know what I'm going to do? I, I, as soon as this show finishes, I'm going to B&M, I'm going to get a load of Tizer and then uh, start handing out cans <laughs> next week on bin day. <laughs> but I'm good with all the boys. Even if I see something like a telegraph power, I go, like, you, you, you want a can of drink or a cup of tea? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I always I look it. after them. Good lads. <laughs> what, good does, man. what does that get you from the telegraph bowl, people? Well, well, you don't drop nothing on my car, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I just try to look after people when they're outside working in the cold or the hot, you know? We need more people uh, like you in this country, Phil. Well done, man. Good to speak to you. Th- 
Thank you, and you. Take care. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. It's the radio show that's got a radio station for every decade, and right now, it's time once again to jump through time. Bush and Richie through the decades. With Tesco Mobile. One of you could be winning yourself £1,000 as we take you through the decades for a penultimate time in this little run. Can you answer a question from each of the Absolute Radio Decade stations to bag yourself the cash? Hoping to win tonight, we have Gwen. Gwen, are we, where are we speaking to you from right now, Gwen? I'm in work in Abbey Wood in South East London. But much to Rich's delight, right next to the um, Elizabeth Line. The moment that you Ooh. said Abbey Woods, I was thinking, <laughs> Elizabeth Line, she's at the end of the Elizabeth Line. We're at the terminus, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And do you get to see trains coming and going and stuff like that? Any intel uh, from oh, your yeah, vantage point? Yeah. yeah, they're like bullet trains. And uh, it, I'm an estate agent, so it's actually done the, the business um, a lot of good. I bet it has. Oh, Gwen, well, look, we could, you and me could chat trains all day, but that's not what we're here for, because we're, we're here to go through the decades. Yeah, I will do. I'll take your number. Um, and, and, yeah, that's fine. Right, uh, let's go through the rules. We'll chat trains later. Now, look, Gwen, because Bush and I are at home today, there might be the slightest delay on the line, and we don't want you to lose any seconds here today. So, asking the questions from the studio today is our producer, Adem. He is going to give you seven questions. One from each of our sister stations, Absolute Radio, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, 10s and the present day. Uh, you're going to have 60 seconds on the clock to get all seven correct. You can't pass on a question. And when the time is up, the game ends. That all makes sense? Yep, that's right. I listen Should to it sh- all the time. Well, good on you. Let's check in and see whether our producer, Adam, who's kind of like Baldrick from Blackadder in terms of role on the show, is there. Hi, Adam. Hi, Gwen. Hi, Bush. Hi, Richie. Great to be here. Hi, yeah. Hi, Adam. Hi. Now, Gwen, he's quite cockney. He's from Harlow, so there may be some things he says that you can't understand, but just give it your best shot, okay? Ethics boy. Absolutely. Gwen, (laughs) what decade would you like Adem to start going through the decades with you in? Start with the 60s, please. All right. Gwen, I'm hoping you get the money, all right? Oh, me too. All right, let's go. Through the decades... 60s. Who directed the 1969 film Kez? Who directed the 1969 film Kez? Gosh, I really don't know. Um, Big British director. First name Ken. Oh my god, I'm hopeless. Not Dodd. Second name. Rhymes with Roach. Pardon? Rhymes with Roach. Ken Loach? Yes. Oh my god. 70s. Which US president resigned in 1974? Uh, Nixon? Yes. Uh, 80s. Who played Josh in the 1988 film Big? Tom Hanks. Yes, but your time's up, Gwen. Sorry. Oh no, you are lost in time. Courtesy of Home Time with Bush and Richie. Oh, Gwen, stuck in the eighties. Oh no, what a terrible time! Hairdos and big shoulders. I remember yeah. it. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be uh, eternally wearing a pair of dry, uh, like, grey stonewashed jeans with about 15 angled zips in them for no apparent reason. Well, cursing Ken Loach, I would say. Yeah, oh I bet. God, Adam, Adam's not a lucky question master for you there. Sorry, Adam, Gwen. Sorry. Oh, well. All right. Okay, love you guys. Love you. Thank you. We love Bye. you too, Gwen. I'll chat later about trains. Uh, we yeah. play for one last time tomorrow. Uh, could be your final chance to win the cash. Uh, and if you can't wait until then, you can play through the decades on your Amazon smart speaker. It's the Bush and Ritchie version, not the special producer Adem version, but I'm sure it's only around the corner. All you need to do is turn to it and say, open the through the decades game. Thanks, Adem. This is Bush and Ritchie's Daily Takeaway. I don't think there will ever be a time when I see a lift being fixed and I don't stop and have a look down the shaft. Uh, Do you like uh, looking behind the curtain at things in life, Bush? It's fantastic, isn't it? It is good. It's good to have a little peer, particularly if something's kind of broken as well. Like, I remember when my Xbox had the red ring of death. Uh, I I had a little... I knew it was gone. Sadly, it passed over. And uh, I remember getting the top off it and having a little look around. And there's always a lot more space inside things that you th- than you think. Do you know what I mean? There's more gaps great. there. I was in a multi-storey car park today, parked on the top floor, then noticed that the lift was out. And I was like, oh, great. So I was walking down, got to the bottom. The chap had got his little yellow barrier out. And he's actually, he's in the lift shaft. The lift is above him. You could see right in there, right down, right up. I couldn't not look. I love that kind of thing. I remember it as a kid. If the telly ever got bust and the man from Granada came round and he's like, got the back off it and fixing it. I'm thinking, wow, look at that. Or when you get on a plane and they haven't quite shut the car cockpit door and you get the chance to look in it's like wow look at that little peek behind the curtain i just love doing that kind of thing it's just a natural curiosity isn't it as well and also i think it's like a front with things like uh you know like a cash cash point or i, I mean i've not never actually properly seen around the back of a cash point but i've seen like video of it and it's like it's it's not quite as exciting as you think it is looking from the front of you think wow there must be a world of technology back there but it's pretty damn basic to be honest with you is it really? I was I was about to during the next song go on a YouTube video and look at the innards of a cash point. That, that, that that's really tickled me. It just looks like a, I think it just looks like a vending machine, just like a big like coffee machine basically. <laughs> Not what you hope for. Uh, if if there's something that you have had the chance to take a little peek behind the curtain, uh, let us know what was it. Uh, back in the day, I worked at quite a few different factories in uh, Devon in in my formative years. I quite a varied uh, employment past before I got to this point. Uh, presenting radio shows and at one point I was working overnights uh, in a trifle factory sounds like the start of a joke <laughs> I was doing overnight shifts because it used to pay so well in, in this like putting cherries in trifle pots and stuff like that with me hair and beard in a snoot uh, and just to see those machines those incredibly specific machines that like put custard in trifles and you know because you don't even think about that when you when you take the top off like a you know like a yogurt or whatever you just knock it back as soon as you can same with sandwiches or everything but there's there's machines that have been made specifically behind the scenes to put those things together and i just think it's magical do you know what one of the best programs on tv is is greg wallace's well, i can't remember what it's called these days he's he's got a, like a factory show where he'll spend an hour showing you how like ginger nuts are made or something or like that. Yeah, i love that I, kind of stuff i think it's called greg wallace's i'm really shouty and never blink Uh, Andy's tweeted I'm a facilities manager so I get to go behind the scenes all the time before that I used to work in the event industry I saw backstage at venues from stadiums to small theatres back of house at far too many hotels and conference centres never gets boring looking at stuff keep them coming Uh, Kim what have you had the chance to go behind the scenes of Um, yeah when me me and my brother were kids um, uh, my dad asked if we could go up into the cockpit um, on our way back from holiday once 
and um, and it was I don't think I've ever seen so many buttons and switches in my life and the plane turned while I was in there and I just remember it being a fantastic experience so it's, it's amazing, it was, isn't it? Because you, you kind of think like uh, with the technology that they're just eating crisps in there and, and like you know drinking Tizer <laughs> and stuff, but it's actually they're, they're actually doing quite a lot of stuff. There was there was people in there. I don't remember them actually pressing any buttons or anything. So they could be just sitting there and um, and not doing anything at all. <laughs> I think I think we were of a lucky generation to be able to do that. There's obviously obvious reasons why it doesn't happen anymore now. But the memory that I had when I had a similar chance like you, Kim, we were flying over Sweden at the time and i remember looking down and, and thinking so much of sweden is lakes i wasn't so much taken aback by the buttons and switches more how lakey sweden was <laughs> i've had that when i've been flying over mountains and you just think wow this is amazing what you can see from a plane and, and did that make you at that early age maybe want to get into like you know learning to fly or anything like that um i have i i I, if I had the confidence, I always wanted to be in the forces and fly fighter jets and stuff like that. But I was quite shy when I was young, so um, so I never had the confidence to pursue that. Oh, Kim, and what have you ended up doing? <laughs> I look after dogs. Well, there's a, there's a there's a U-turn, there's a curveball. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know what's worse. Actually, <laughs> I think looking yeah, after animals point. is probably a lot worse than. Um, than anything else, yeah, I'm, uh, I do dog walking, dog grooming, I do a bit of everything, really. Hey, look, pilots have autopilot. You can't automatically call all those dogs back. You are doing harder work than they are. Oh, uh, yeah, and they all don't listen on the, at the same time as well. They all go deaf on me. Uh, I swear they have a conversation to, uh, to decide um, that they're all going to be naughty on the same day. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Because I'm terrible with like remembering people's names, yeah? So if you're a yeah. dog walker, do you remember all the dogs' names, or how does that work? Yeah, I remember all the names. Impressive. Yeah, Impressive recall. It's sometimes when they're new dogs, and if a customer has four or something like that, it takes me uh, a couple of times of going to remember their names. But um, uh, they don't remember their names sometimes. You know, I can shout <laughs> my dog's name quite a few times, and he doesn't listen to me. He seems to be the naughtiest one out of all of the dogs I have is my dog. You know, he doesn't listen to me at all. But, um, but yeah, they generally, and it does make people laugh when I move, the whole lot come with me. So, um, uh People find that quite impressive. <laughs> Kim, massive respect to you, and it's good to talk. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Uh, we spoke a little bit about uh, cash machines. This text here says, I used to work for a supermarket. We had to fill the cash machine with notes every day. It was literally a tiny square room, painted white, barely big enough for the two of us, that had a note counter, a tiny table, and a door access to a cash machine that looked like a safe door. We also had a tiny slot the money van deposited the box of notes through. It was all very boring, but handling £125,000 was always really cool. Imagine being able to handle that kind of money, just even for like an hour or so at work. Wouldn't you be tempted to do the Richard Pryor, Brewster's Millions things where you can lie in it or chuck it in the yes. air? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Surely you've got to do that. But yet again, proving the point that cash machines, when you get behind the scenes, not all they're cracked up to be. Sally says, my dad was a tube driver. When I was younger, I got to sit in the front of the train with him and see the train being driven. Don't want to cause any trouble, and I don't, I don't know this for sure, but from what I've seen when I've been waiting for tube trains to arrive, as far as I can tell, the only thing that tube drivers do is like turn a little tiny, little spinny disc to go faster or slower and eat sandwiches. <laughs> it doesn't seem as complicated as like driving like a proper train. Is that, is that fair to say? 
<laughs> um, QU being refused entry to every line in London. Uh, Adam says, Bush and Ritchie, years ago I worked for the Royal Household at Buckingham Palace. Amazing, wandering around the private quarters, sitting in thrones and getting up to general mischief. What about that? Uh, a prince of a different sort from Neil uh, says, back in the 80s, I used to work as a lighting tech at Hammersmith Pally, watching bands and people sound check. Prince sound checked every instrument himself. Meanwhile, wow. motorheads were by far the loudest I ever saw. Loving your work. Uh, John, what do you get the chance to see behind the scenes of? I get to look at bees in their beehives. Oh, wow. Are you an actual beekeeper? John? I am. I am. I retired from a day job about a year ago, so now I'm a full-time beekeeper. John, how many bees do you keep? Oh, a couple of million. <laughs> That's a lot of bees. That's a lot of bees. My, my father-in-law on the side does a bit of beekeeping, and, and when we were up in Northumberland uh, last year, uh, me and my eldest daughter got to have a go at, like, having a look in the hives and taking the honey out and all that kind of stuff. It's absolutely fascinating. And what they get up to in terms of the way that they behave, bees, is unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely. I'm actually listening to you guys whilst distracting me honey, so I'm actually covered in stuff right now. <laughs> so you're covered in honey whilst you're speaking to us on Home Time? Absolutely, yeah. Um, do, do your bees listen to the Home Time show and does that make them a little bit more uh, proactive? Uh, not that I've noticed, to be honest. Uh, no, they're quite relaxed as they are, but no, we haven't got speakers in the hives right now. Maybe that's a modification I could look at. Well, tell you, if you need to make them a bit drowsy, uh, if you need to open up the hive, stick on Leona Graham's show between 10am and 1pm <laughs> and it'll probably have the desired effect. <laughs> Excellent. I'll swap that for me smoker then in that case. Yeah, give it a go. It's, it's pretty much like a smoker. <laughs> Cheers, John. Good to talk to you. All right, guys. Cheers. Dean Kennedy says, behind the scenes of the underground kitchen of the Dorchester Hotel, 110 chefs working hard at it, huge kitchens. Whoa. Uh, Trev, firefighter currently in Manchester, aircraft, prisons, backstage, tram depots, Jaffa Cake production factories. Who would have thought that Jaffa Cakes could be flammable? He's had the that. chance to see behind the scenes of so much. It almost sounds sinister, doesn't it? Like a secret... You know, like it's like what Hans Blix was looking for? A uh, Jaffa Cake production facility in <laughs> That's the Tora Bora. That's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave's hanging on. What have you had the chance to see behind the curtain of Dave? Well, it's not something I want to see again, but we had a block drain on our drive, and I thought, I know, I can fix this myself. So I went outside onto the drive, lift up the drain cover, and it was full to the brim with something I never want to see again. <laughs> oh. So you... I, went, I, didn't, I didn't give up. I went into the garage and got a hose pipe. I, I must have spent a good hour on my hands and knees oh. with this hose pipe trying to clear it out. I, I, I finally gave up and called Dynarod. The next day, this guy turns up, un unloads his van, pulls all his rods out, pops the drain. It was completely empty. And I had to then convince it. I had to convince him that actually it was there the night before. Do you know what? I had a similar problem with our with our uh, drains about a couple of years ago, and and they came out, and I got to sit there and look again behind peering behind the curtain. <laughs> they had one of them cameras they put down there, so you got to right. see it like like it was a first person shooter in like a PlayStation Five. <laughs> and it seemed to like it. <laughs> it's absolutely grim. It was full to the brim. It was, and uh, clearly, whatever I did solved it. But there was me in the, on the driveway in the morning trying to convince this guy that uh, I wasn't wasting his time. He didn't charge me, which was good. I was hungry. I'll tell you right now, I'm not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. Bush, I might have got an idea for you. Um, going back to the beginning of this particular episode, you were you were talking about um, that that need and desire to 
behave like a kid again and go around in a pushchair with a rain cover uh, and be protected from the elements like the kids get the chance to do. Do you know what I would be happy with? Just push me to one side in a pub beer garden and just let me fall asleep under a rain cover as I hear people chat. I'd be happy with that. I think I've got a solution. I think I've got a solution. Um, golf. Go to a golf course. <laughs> yeah. Hire a golf buggy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll drive you around while I play around a golf and you can just happily, if you want, fall asleep to the sound of the rain on the golf buggy. Would you know what, it's a great idea. I, very occasionally I've accidentally strayed onto golf on Sky when I've been flicking around, and it has had that effect on me. I've instantly fallen asleep. So that sounds perfect. 